You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's the Bomber Brothers Podcast with Ryan and Sean Chichester. Swung on and driven to deep left. For the line, she is gone. Aaron Judge, line one right down the line. Swung on and line to right center field. It is a base hit. Grounding third, scoring kind of from left off. And the Yankees win the ball game with two in the bottom of the ninth. Hit in the air to left center, it is high. It is far, it is gone. It's a grand slam. Oh, a Stantonian home run. Talking all things Yankees baseball. Good morning, everybody. A happy morning for Yankee fans. Once again, we've gotten plenty of those so far this season. Sean and Ryan back for another episode of the Bomber Brothers podcast brought to you by WFAN and Odyssey. A reminder to make sure you rate, review, and subscribe if you want to hear new episodes after every series. And they're usually a series win. The Yankees are 18-2-2 now in series so far this season. And number 18 came last night when they sealed another series win against another division rival in dramatic fashion once again. And, Sean, it was kind of a recipe that the Yankees have taken advantage of for a lot of this season. They got the expected contributions with two home runs from Judge. They got a big-time contribution from one of their surprises in Jose Trevino. And then the back of the bullpen shut it down with King and Holmes looking looking dominant. And after trailing 3 nothing and looking like maybe the Yankees were headed for a series loss and what would have been their third loss in in four games instead they're walking out with with a series win against Tampa and holding a 12 game lead in the division heading into a massive series against the Astros I mean yeah and I'm an amazing road trip where you go to your two best division rivals and and on their turf take a total of, of four games out of six you know two two series wins to knock them both back um, in, in the standings from where they were when they embarked on this road trip. And it gets, you know, the Toronto series was a, a good series, but with, it left a sour taste in your mouth. And then this series is the exact opposite, where you come out of it feeling really good about um, another another comeback win. I saw Katie Sharp tweeted, the Yankees are now 20 and 18 in games that they trail at any point. Is I, this, which is insane that they have a winning record in games that they're at one point or another losing, and they have tied for the most comeback wins this year. So um, just, you know, a really great game to, to cap it off. And, um, you know, the series gets started. And I know we had talked about this last episode. We, we said it was, you know, I was really looking for Cole to set a tone. You know, we, Yankees have had so much trouble at the trop. Um, you know, we kind of felt like they they did a good job by coming away with the split last series. But after the the terrible loss, and I mean, terrible is relative when you're having this good of a year. But after the tough loss 
in uh, to end the Toronto series, um, Cole came out and had a no hitter going into the into the eighth inning. So just an amazing job by him to come out and set the tone right away. And and also just in a, you know, they Rizzo with a big home run right in the first inning to kind of set the tone for that. So that was that was an uh, an awesome game and an awesome way to get started. And just kudos to Cole because that was a that was a big boy pitching performance. I know that, you know, they they did uh, the bullpen did falter a bit. Um, but it was kind of fun, like right the infield single that Holmes gave up, um, a ball that kind of just squeaks down the line. But uh, overall, uh, a really fun game uh, to start the series as well. Yeah, like you mentioned, Cole was dominant. That's his. I think it's what six straight start in Tampa with ten or more strikeouts. I think was the number. He's been absolutely dominant down there at the trop, which is huge for the Yankees because up until this year, that's a place where they had widely struggled and he carried a no hitter into the eighth inning. I mean, that's the second time this season that he's flirted with a no hitter, a perfect game coming close into a, towards the eighth inning. So I think it was Boone who said he's going to get it one day. And I think, I think he's certainly showing that he eventually will. Um, but yeah, I mean, it really seemed like, uh, Monday night was going to be the night. And I think what was huge about Monday is like you said, you're coming off that tough loss and with how good everyone's been feeling about the Yankees. I feel like there's also a corner of the fan base that might in a way be waiting for another shoe to drop and for things to, to go South because the Yankees have been so streaky in, in recent years. So you come off that tough loss, then you have a two nothing eighth inning lead, and all of a sudden it's a tie game. But the Yankees battle right back, and and Aaron Hicks being among the the heroes of that game. He's struggled a lot this season, but he goes two for four. He hits that big triple. So and then the Yankees scored two runs in the ninth to uh, to turn that into a four two win. So I mean, coming off of the loss that they had against the Blue Jays when when the bullpen really started to. Uh, meltdown uncharacteristically then you have a situation where Holmes shut out streak ends on like he said it was like a soft dribbler up the line sometimes that's going to happen that's baseball you get good luck and bad luck so really no no fault on Holmes there but then the Yankee offense immediately immediately picks him up and that's kind of what the Yankees have been doing all year when the when the bats aren't going the pitching staff and the bullpen has been picking the team up and if the uh, pitching staff uncharacteristically falters, the bats are there, uh, in, in this case, immediately after to pick them right back up and, and get a get a big win. And like just the, the contributions from places you don't most expect it happen to, which is what really separates, I think, a great team from a good team. Like, you know, we've been on Hicks all year and, and he's come alive a little bit here in June um, and has has a monster hit. I mean, that is you know, as, as big a hit as the Yankees have had all year, in my opinion, that, you know, it's not a must win game or anything, but it's a game that you feel like you'd really like to not give away. And, and a tie game going into extras in Tampa, I feel like we've seen that story end pretty negatively. I'm sorry, tie game going to the ninth in Tampa. We've seen that end pretty negatively in the past, but uh, Hicks comes up with the huge, uh, the huge hit gets it done. Um, and just, you know, Awesome, awesome job. And then, you know, Trevino, I think, followed it up with a sack fly yep. uh, to extend the lead to two, which wound up being feeling big because the the way the game ended with the pop up and, and you know, Hicks there and you could see Hicks is calling for it. But I had a 
and a mini heart attack as that ball was descending through the, oh, yeah. the catwalks and those rings up there at that joke of a ballpark. Um, I, I like that Susan, I was listening to the radio for, I think it was game two, just called the place a, a travesty or something that she, <laughs> she understands that that place is a joke too. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, you know, the, the Yankees, like when you have Hicks and Trevino driving in two runs in the ninth inning in a, in a big division game, like, you know, you're getting something, especially, um, you know, you had, uh, you know, you had Rizzo hit the home run early. They score another run on an error, which they did again last night too. So Yankees taking advantage of, of shoddy defense from Tampa which is, which is huge. And, and that's, that reminds me a little bit of the 98 team where they would always take advantage. You had to make every play to beat the Yankees. And, and if you give them an opening this year, they're, they're really there. And, you know, you look at the second game, they're, you know, they're down, you know, five to two and you're kind of feeling like, well, this game's over. And, and then in the ninth, they come within five feet of tying the game. It's team just doesn't go away. Yeah, that's I think that was I think that was huge to see too. They made a game out of it. They came a few feet of tying the game and potentially forcing extra innings if Judge, who came off the bench and pinch hit in the ninth inning with two outs. I mean, if he gets just a little more barrel on that ball, that's that's a game tying home run. He flew out right to the wall in left field, and the Yankees almost almost bailed out uh once again ineffective Nestor Cortez. I think in what was a really promising series win. I think the only concern that I personally would have coming out of this series is that we might, we might be seeing a slight Nestor Cortez regression. I mean, he allowed what three home runs in that start. He's now allowed five home runs in his last three starts. I mean, he's also allowed 16 hits in his last 14 innings. He has a FIP of seven in that time. And in his first 10 starts, his FIP was under two and a half. So I think, uh, I mean, and also we should also note that I feel like, I feel like most fans knew this was going to happen in some capacity. Cortez was not going to always be holding a 1.5 ERA over the course of a full season. He's been an amazing story. He's still very good. And I also think it's totally fine if he is more of a mid you know, it keeps an, an ERA in the mid to high twos. Like that's still absolutely stellar for a former 36 round pick and former outcast. So I think that should be kept in perspective, but it's also kind of a bummer to see that Cortez might be coming back down to earth a, a little bit, at least over his last, last three starts. Well, I mean, I think, you know, there's always a regression to some sort of mean, and we, we don't know where the mean is until the season's over. Right. But, you know, I, I think th- there's a couple factors at play here. And, and one of those is that the, you know, Tampa Bay has seen him three times in the last month, which is going to eventually favor the hitters. They're playing in Tampa's ballpark. He pitched really well against the Rays in, um, in Yankee stadium just a week ago. The other game he had that was bad was against the, the Twins and, and pretty much all the Yankees pitched bad that series. That was just so I think there, there's something to be said about workload management and all of that, but and also regression. So I'm not overly concerned. I think if you see another couple starts here uh, that look similar to this, you would get worried. But, um, you know, Nestor's a guy that really relies on command and 
you know, we see it with, with guys like this, where if they don't have it, it's not as easy for them to overpower guys. So they kind of put up these clunkers, but, um, you know, I, I also think when you, when you rely on deception, you rely on, um, you know, all these kind of tricks and, and things that make Nestor fun, the more times you see that as an offense, the easier it's going to be for you. So I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm interested to see how he does his next, next time out. I think he'll be facing Houston in the last game of the series, if I'm correct. I think so. Right? Yeah. On Sunday. So that, that'll be an, like, let's see how he does against the Houston offense that hasn't seen him, but is, but is a really good offense, you know, playing at home that, that would be really really interesting and, and coming off a, a lower pitch count. So hopefully he's, he's got some rest under him and, and we're, we're ready to go here, but yeah, that, that would be the one negative I would take away from this series, but also in the same game, the Yankees come back and, and, you know, try to make it a game that, you know, I know Schmidt gives up the run, but, but you get two innings of from Marinaccio, one inning from Litke to keep, to keep it close. So, you know, the Yankees tried to pick them up. They just came a couple feet short and, and, you know, we'll, we'll go from there, but I, I would wait a little bit before getting worried about uh, that worried about Cortez. I think it's definitely, uh, you know, you're like, Hmm, but I'm just kind of like, let's see what the next start looks like. I'm not, uh, I'm not panicking yet on uh, on nasty Nestor. Still excited to get the nasty Nestor t-shirt. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh yeah, that is a Friday night. Um, yeah, no, that that's certainly sensical, I would say. And you know, he it sucks to see him struggling with the long ball so much. But even with the the Harold Ramirez home run, that was a pretty good pitch. It was just a cutter that was inside. It was off the plate. It was right on the hands. I I think you know, which could be a point to what you're saying is that the Rays have just seen him so much that Ramirez was just sitting on it to the point where he could just get his hands in and pull that out of the park. I mean, you're only hitting a cutter that inside for a home run if you're sitting on it, which could be the fact that the Rays have seen him so frequently recently, or just the fact that Cortez is now an established starter in the league and people are getting onto his tendencies and realizing that he throws that cutter. But 45% of the time, I think it's, is the figure somewhere around there. So you can sit on it sometimes, but um, yeah, I, I'm certainly by no means saying that this is the end of the feel-good Cortez story. Again, if Cortez pitches to an ERA close to you know Montgomery's right now in, in the high twos, that's still a phenomenal season, one of the best stories in baseball, and he's still an all-star. So I, I'm not expecting him to continue to put up you know this Shane McClanahan type one point. 5 1.6 ERA but I still think Cortez is going to be really really good and hopefully after like you said hopefully getting back back home against a team that hasn't really seen him too extensively yet he'll he'll get back on track and and turn in a good start. Yeah, and I think you know there there's something to be said too for how many games the Yankees have played the Yankees haven't had the opportunities really to to give their rotation that extra day of rest in, in June. But in July, I think they have almost every Monday off in, in the entire month of July. Yeah. Including 4th of July, which yeah, is so weird. That's thanks. But, um, but yeah, they, um, 
so I, I think they'll, they'll get a little more rest baked in period. And, um, you know, it could be like, look, Paredes, he, he didn't just do damage against, um, against Nestor. He, he did damage yesterday too. And, you know, Ramirez had a, had a good, he might just be running into a couple hot hitters here. And, uh, that, that, are, that, like we said, are, are picking up on, on their tendencies. And if you're like a hair off with your control, when you rely on control more than anything and deception, then you're going to, you're going to get hit. So let's see, you know, as, as he rolls through maybe a couple different teams here that he hasn't seen as many times if he, uh, if he kind of, and the Yankees won't see the race again for a while. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see what it looks like down, down the road. And, you know, um, you know, I know Yankee fans, I, I know at least one of them texted me like what the F is going on yesterday <laughs> after, after, uh, uh, Montgomery had given up three runs there in the in the second inning, but I mean this is just going to happen. Like right, like not every Yankee is going to pitch to a two point zero or lower ERA. They're going to have tough starts, but you know, like N- Nestor couldn't really give them the length in game two, but Montgomery did a great job, I thought, of settling down and, and getting through six innings, um, giving up four runs. Which you know, I, I know you say, oh, it's six, you know, four four runs in six innings and nine hits. That doesn't sound like a great start. But I thought it was really big considering how much, um, you know, what had happened the the night before with Nestor really held the Yankees in the game and he leaves there and they're only down. Um, what was it? Uh, four to four to two when he exits the game. So he really helped keep it close. And, you know, the Yankees, I think that really helped pick them up and, and allow them to get back in the game there. Oh, yeah, that was that was huge by Montgomery. I mean, we've seen I've. I don't know why this just popped in my head, but maybe because Houston's coming to town again. But you think about something like the game five of the 2019 ALCS when when we were there and you realize the importance of jumping on a pitcher early before they settle into a game. I mean, the Yankees get to Verlander in that game and they don't have a shred of offense the rest of the game. But because they jumped on him and took advantage when he was at his most ineffective before he settled down, that decided the game. So Montgomery... Clearly didn't have it early, but he settled in nice. I think the fact that he even gave them six innings was was pretty remarkable. So, yeah, a great job by by Montgomery. That's the epitome of grinding through six innings and helping to save the bullpen a little bit when when you're not at your best. So, I no, definitely huge, huge props to Montgomery. And before we move on to the series finale, I also wanted to give a shout-out to Marwin Gonzalez. He had that uh, big home run in the ninth inning in game two. I think it was... I think it was John Boy. I can't remember who tweeted it, but um, someone tweeted how when when Marwin has at least three plate appearances in a game, he's posting a OPS plus of somewhere around like one ten or one fifteen. So he he's actually been really good when when called upon to fill in for a start, and we know about his defensive versatility. So just wanted to just wanted to give a shout out to Marwin because he's he's been huge as a guy off the bench and a utility player. I mean, can't can't ask for for much more from a guy who knows he's not going to play every day and it's probably hard to stay fresh when you're not getting regular at bats, but in any game that he does get multiple at bats, he seems to contribute in some way. Yeah, no, he's been uh, he's another one of those guys. You know, we said Hicks Trevino, which I know we're going to probably get to in a minute here, but Marwin's been been awesome. He's come he's you know, made some good plays in, in the outfield and, and caught some big hits. I mean, you know, he, he played, got some big hits in the Toronto series. So Ben, he's been awesome. And it's crazy. I saw after the, they lost, you know, Yankee fans freaked out to lose their 18th game of the year when they've already won 50. 
12 of the 12 of the 18 losses are by one or two runs. That's uh, Sweeney had tweeted that out. That that's crazy. Yeah. Like they, and, they, le- they legitimately like are one or two runs away per, from having six losses like that. That's insane. Yeah. There's, there's a reason their run differential is like 60 runs better than the next highest team. They are beating up opponents. And when they lose, they're always in a game. It's, it's been, it's been remarkable. And yeah, they lost this one run game in game two of this series, but they also have, what is it? The, I think the second best record in the league in one run games. I think, I think the Padres might be first. Um, but yeah, they're among the league leaders in one run games. They, they show they're able to, to win these close games and they almost stole one on, on Tuesday night. So I, I don't know. I, I, aside from, aside from the initial deflation of judges fly out, not getting over the wall when you thought it might have a chance, like that was pretty much it for me. There was that. And like, Oh man, like I hope Cortez can bounce back. But other than that, I don't know how you watch that game and think, think, Oh, like this is, this is what's going to doom. This is what's going to doom us in the playoffs or this is like a sign of things starting, starting to come apart. I know there are some fans who are just wired, the wired to be negative. And if that's a product of recent years of early playoff exits, then I understand. But I think we, I mean, we're, we're about 45% of the way through a season. That's enough of a sample size to realize that this is a different team than, than those years. And sure enough, they bounced back with a huge comeback win last night. Yeah. I mean, last night you go into the game and they're down, you know, three, nothing, and then they cut it to three, one, and all of a sudden it becomes four, one again. And you're just, you know, you're, I mean, me, I'm like, all right, whatever they're playing in Tampa. They already won a game this series. And, you know, it's the fourth inning. We got plenty of time left and we have Aaron Judge and they don't. Um, and sure enough, that comes up big later when he hit the ball about 900 feet here. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, Judge hits two home runs to keep the Yankees kind of in the game and, and they or, or, you know, get them close again. And the Rays defense again, Choi can't pick a ball and it leads to a run. Um, you know, uh, it makes me appreciate Luke Voigt. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was about to say he would have dropped it, that too. <laughs> it makes me appreciate Rizzo more. And I, what I was what I was going to say is I I really really like Luke Voigt. Um, I, I I miss watching him play, but I don't miss watching him play first base. And I really appreciate having Rizzo over there because we've seen um, first basemen have trouble with some of these balls throughout the year that the Yankees have taken advantage of, and that kind of helps them get you know within one run. And then all of a sudden you get to the eighth inning, and um, you know, Trevino hits the two-run homer with uh, IKF going after a leadoff walk by IKF, which you know, good on him for having the patience there. And and that was that was or was it a leadoff walk? I can't remember. Yeah, but, it was a leadoff yeah. walk. But I mean, good on them. And then Trevino, who has, I think, tw- I think I saw Katie Sharp tweet out: Trevino has twelve defensive runs saved. The next highest catcher has eight. And then he's he's also doing it with the bat 